Welcome to the Ignite, Empower, and Transform podcast with Clinton K. Powell. I'm your host, Clinton K. Powell, and my goal is to unlock your human potential, removing self-imposed barriers so you can lead in your church and in your business. It is my hope that at the end of this episode, your purpose is ignited, your vision empowered, and your life will be transformed. If you enjoyed this episode, I want you to like it, to subscribe, and share it with your friends and family. In the meantime, enjoy the episode. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to share with you some exciting news about my new book, Who's in Your Backyard? In Who's in Your Backyard, I communicate key strategies to build multi-generational teams, turning your ministry around one volunteer at a time. This book is a must-read for pastors and leaders as there are generations in the local church today that are crying to be heard. They want to be used, they want to be poured into, they want to serve, but will you recognize their voice? I am convinced this is a must-read resource. You can purchase your copy today at clintonkpile.com or wherever books are sold. What's going on, family? It's Clinton K. Powell, and welcome back to the pod. So this episode, I wanted to do something a little bit different, and I'm not interviewing a guest. I just decided to do a teaching session today. So we're going to take some opportunities to review one of the chapters of my latest book, Who's in Your Backyard? You said it. I said it correctly. Who's in Your Backyard? This is the book that I wrote um, about a year and a half ago now. So the full title is Who's in Your Backyard? How to Identify and Build Multi-Generational Teams from Within. Is an amazing read. So this book is tailored to leaders in the nonprofit or in the faith space. Um, anyone really with the organization and your goal is to grow from within, to start identifying the future talent of your organization and how to grow them. Um, so it's a great read. And I wanted tonight, I wanted to take some time just to talk about it and to go on a little bit in-depth in study with you. If you have not purchased the book, you can still do so on Amazon or you can go to clintonkpile.com to purchase the book. Again, clintonkpile.com to purchase the book. And while you're at it, just stay connected with me, subscribe to my, my list, and you can follow me on all social media, Clinton K. Powell, that's Twitter, that's IG, and that's also Facebook. So let's get into it. Um, won't be with you too long, but I wanted to take an opportunity. Again, this is Who's in Your Backyard. Let me go ahead and mute that phone again. Who's in Your Backyard? A great read. Um, the chapters in the book. It, it, it kind of walks you through this process of what needs to take place in order to transform your organization. Engineering background, um, so I'm always about the process. And when I was writing this book, I was trying to figure, I was putting myself in the leader's shoe. What is easier for them to really see the process to understand? So with that, chapter one is talking about changing the mindset. Chapter two is change the culture. Identify the talent is chapter three. Develop the talent, chapter four. Empower the talent, chapter five. Three M the talent. I, I really love that chapter. 
and release the talent chapter seven and the faith factor. As you can see, it was a chronological in my mind how the steps that need to be taken in order to be successful in building a, a, a successful team. So we have to talk about the mindset change because before you were ready to do anything, you have to change your mindset, change the culture, then identify the talent. So tonight I wanna go and talk about how do we identify the talent? What is the talent? So where you are right now as a pastor, as a leader, as an executive, you may have some gaps or some holes in your organization that you desperately need to fill. So what do you do? Of course, there's always an option of hiring from outside. That means you post a position and you select the best candidate available. But today and this episode, and to relate to the book, I want you to really look. I want you to look within your organization. So I love this quote that I started off the chapter with is Russell Conwell. It says this, your diamonds are not in far distant mountains or in yonder seas. They are in your own backyard. Say it again, in your own backyard. If you but dig for them. Let me say that quote again. Your diamonds are not in far distant mountains or in yonder years. They are in your own backyard if you but dig for them. What is the goal of that quote? Everything that you're looking for is in your backyard, but you have to dig for it. You have to realize that your organization has talent. And again, there are times that you must go outside of your organization because you just don't have the skill set that you're looking for, or if the dynamics of your existing organization does not um, contribute to where you want to go. So that's totally understandable. But the, for, the, for the cause and the, the, the sake of this discussion, it's talking about looking from within, especially in the faith-based arena and for the churches and nonprofits. There are so many people who want to get engaged, but we, they are overlooked. And it's more cost effective sometimes to look from within because you don't have to deal with onboarding costs and the, the, the time costs of, about teaching the culture, et cetera, et cetera. So there are some extremely high benefits of hiring and developing from within. So what does that process look like? In order for you to start digging for the talent, you must first understand exactly what you need. You'll be surprised how many leaders will hire or try to build teams, but they have no real clear vision or direction of what they want to hire. The average leader do not deal or think about the details of what the hiring look like. They may not have a criteria. They may not know specifically what they're looking for. If they do have something, it may be a short list, but is it a detailed list? And is it a true gap that is needed in your organization that needs to be filled? One of the things that you don't want to do, you don't want to continue to fill your organization with similar personality types. But that's another conversation that I will deal with on, on another episode. So I call it in the book, the it factor. You have to look for certain things. And I listed a few of them that I want to go over with you. So number one, learning agility, the ability to pick up things quickly, a self-learner. I rank that as number one, because if you have learning agility, no matter what I throw at you or what the boss throws at you, you are able to pick it up. I'm not saying that you have to be the smartest, but you have to have the capability to learn. Number two, resilience, the ability to get knocked down and get back up. This thing called life is no joke, as I always say, 
And I always have the same conversation with those around me and my family members. Resiliency, it's a key, especially in the season that we're in right now. We're still post-pandemic, but we're still dealing with the, we're, we're considered post-pandemic, but we're still dealing with the pandemic. People are still at fear at certain things. And right now we're dealing with the mass shooting. It's just so many things going on in the world. It is so easy to get knocked down and don't want to get back up again, especially when you turn on the news. So resiliency is something that it is a must have. And a part of that it factor, dependable. The person has to be available, responsive, and able to follow through. Can we say follow through? That is so good because no one wants a team member that's not dependable. Rain, sleet, or snow, you want that person available to you. And if they're not available, they, commu they communicate that effectively. So dependability is very, very important. Empower others. I am a leader's leader. I help leaders lead. So everyone who surrounds themselves, uh, 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 who surrounds me, I, my expectation is very clear. They have to be able to empower others. It's not a just about me. It's not about them. They have to be able to empower their teams, to empower those that they are around, because it needs to be contagious. Leadership needs to be contagious. If you lead effectively, then those who lead underneath you will lead effectively. So the ability to empower others is so important. Bias for action has a sense of urgency and acts accordingly. I love this term. I spent many years in the utility industry here in South Florida. And one of the terms that is best described the leadership style that we need is a bias for action. You have to have a sense of urgency. No one wants a person who has no response time. What does that mean? Something happened. They don't bubble it up in a timely manner. They're not thinking outside the box quickly to try to resolve it. They allow the situation just to hinder them instead of trying to figure out a solution. True leadership, true team members, you need to have that bias for action. Effective communicator. Oh man, I have a special training on this. Everyone communicates, few connects. And this is a, a little tidbit about that. But as effective communicator, listens before speaking and practices three-way communication. Three-way communication is, again, is a military concept and is a is industry concept as well. But you are ensuring what you are communicating is being received. One, you say the message, the person you're communicating to says, repeats the message. And myself, the third person, the third time, the three-way, I then repeat it again for a third time. With that three-way communication, it reduces the probability of getting it wrong. So those are some things right there. So those are the first six things of the it factor. I stay connected with me. We have about five more. And again, this is in my book. This is chapter three. And this is identifying the talent, right? So number seven, humility. A modest view of oneself in light of their strengths. We love humble people. If you are trying to elevate yourself, we're missing the point. No one wants a prideful culture. No one wants a, a culture that's about battling and competition in a negative way that we are not doing it in accordance with the mission, the goal of the organization, but you're doing it for self. So humility is key. That's something that you should truly be looking for. Vision. So it takes vision to lead leaders. And you want team members to have vision for themselves because that's the that's the part of the empowerment concept. If I share the vision of the house, as as my church folk would say, or if I share the vision of the organization or the company, 
each and every one of the employees should take that vision on, own that vision, and use that vision to create vision for their team or create vision for themselves. So the company vision is the overarching umbrella vision, but each employee should have their own vision within the organization because you want them to continue to grow. So that's important. It has to be a visionary. And again, depending on the role that you are trying to fill, um, that may not be as important for you because of the nature, but it's still something that you should consider. Empathy. Sharon understands the feelings of others, especially being a part of a team. I believe that's key. Promotes teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. We know the saying. So understand that there is no I in team and pushing the team above themselves. In the late great memory of um, Kobe Bryant, he mentioned some things. There's no I in team, but there's something else in there. I love that quote because it goes to, it talks about his tenacity. But the reality of the fact is, Kobe didn't win all these championships without the team. So there is no I in team. You need someone that's going to promote team and not themselves. The last one, as far as the it factor goes, is honesty. Honesty with integrity. I love this word integrity. I learned about this word when I was in high school in band. And the band director with the leadership team every single week, um, actually every day during our summer band camp, he would introduce a new vocabulary word. And this is his effort to just try to stimulate the minds of his leaders and to teach the leaders. And integrity is one of them, knowing what to do when no one's, no one's watching. The honesty with integrity, the ability to tell the truth and do what is right when no one is looking. We need integrity back in our organization. So we have to really, and it's hard to, to understand that, it's hard to recognize that, but if the if the team member are, is already within your organization, they should show traits. It's hard to examine that and know that when you hire someone straight out of out of outside of your organization. But if the person is within, you should be able to pick up on this trait and you should be able to answer that in safety. So that's the it factor. And again, based on your organization. You can have many other things that you will consider to be your it factor. And the it factor, again, for me, is the characteristic that you will want to look for in a team member, in the leader, in the talent, because that's what it's all about. Who's in your backyard? How to identify and build multi-generational teams from within is all about the talent. Human resources, the best talent that God created. You could do anything that you want to do as long as you have the right talent. So let's continue. So I, 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 we take the it factor, and now that you own the it factor and you create your own it factor, feel free. You can take some of the things that I wrote down. It's free. I'm, I want to add value to you. But you take those things, and now you have a starting point. Now you know exactly what you're looking for. Remember, you cannot identify talent if you don't know what what's the characteristics of the talent that you want because you can bring someone into your organization you can promote someone into your organization and if you don't know what you're looking for one they may be filling in the wrong gap two you you may select the wrong individual and three it's just going to be a disaster because you cannot expect excellence from your team members if you have not put forth the effort to truly identify what you need so i continue to go i i continue to go into a little bit detail, you have the it factor. Now I want you to think about some other things. One of the things is you have to be intentional in this search. You have to be intentional. Say it, say it after me, 
intentional. You must be intentional in this search because as the quote says, you have to dig for it. And if you are digging for it, that means you want to find something. So be intentional. And one of the things about being intentional about identifying the talent within your organization is that don't assume they will volunteer to lead or don't assume they will volunteer for the opportunity that you have for them. What do I mean by that? Sometimes you have to be a part of identifying talent is, the, is your ability to see potential in someone. Are you looking for the potential of people that it's in your organization? Let's put it in a faith perspective. We know that the church, the church runs on the volunteer team. The church I used to attend or many churches around the world, they call their volunteer team the dream team. And a part of that, you will see different people serving in different capacities. But as leaders, are we truly looking the way how people serve to understand if they are ready to be elevated for the next level? What do I, what do I mean by that? Let's put it like this. I, I served as a youth pastor. And as a youth pastor for six years, it wasn't until two and a half years into it when I started to really understand and look at my team of students and leaders and understand who my true volunteers and my true leaders were. And sometimes they didn't see themselves, but sometimes they'll, they'll show you by their actions. What do I mean? Service is over. It's time to clean up. Majority, we, we all know what that looks like. It's <laughs> just like when you turn on the lights, all the roaches scatter. I'm sorry. I'm from the hood a little bit. I had roaches growing up uh, anyway, but you turn on that light, the roaches scatter. Now you turn on that, that sanctuary light, it's time to clean up. Everybody leaves the sanctuary. Nobody wants to help to clean up. But you have a handful of people that's dedicated to do it. They're there until the last chair is set up. They're just regular volunteers. They have no leadership role. They're just there. They do it week after week, and they don't say anything. I believe those are the individuals you should be looking into to who that you can actually identify as potential leaders. Why you say that? Because they are showing you by their actions that they're workers. They are showing you that they're committed to the vision of the house. If they, not, if they were not committed, they would be gone, just like majority of the, uh, the other students or even the other adults. So in the same way, who is going above and beyond in your organization and you're not really paying attention to them? That's what the intentionality is. And also, you know, I love this thing. <laughs> I, I think I've coined it. Maybe I haven't. But don't be afraid to volunteer someone. <laughs> and, you know, my students and my adult leaders, they knew that I was the king of volunteering. What is volunteering? Is you identify someone you believe has potential. You sit them down and say, you know what? Thank you for serving. I think you have the potential to do more. Well, Clinton, I don't know about that. I just want to be able to. They give you all type of excuses, but you push them. And reality of the fact, you have to have the relationship in order to do this volunteering. They need to be able to trust you. You should have established some type of rapport, but you talk to them and you let them know this is the need of the house. Are you willing to help us? And then you be specific. And I go into detail of what that development process is and then the 3Ms and then the releasing, but you get their buy-in. And you know what? Many times they will accept it because you actually ask. Another example of this, every year I did a youth retreat, every single year, I would preach, 
I would teach about it. I would do announcements about it. And towards the end of the, the, the recruitment time and try to get everybody involved, I will stop a few students. Hey, you going to retreat? Nah, why not? Uh, I really don't know. I didn't really hear much about it. What do you mean? I've been talking about it from the pulpit every single Wednesday. And then I took it, I changed it. I said, you know what? I'm specifically, I'm inviting you personally to come to the retreat. Nine times out of 10, they come because there's a special invite. So in this being intentional, you have to understand they may not always volunteer. Sometimes you have to volunteer them. And sometimes you just have to ask them clearly. Ask them, you go to a one-on-one -on -one session. Don't, don't make a public plea. Sometimes you can. It depends on the nature of your culture. But sometimes you have to go to that person that's sitting all the way in the back and you need to call them by their name and say, hey, I need you. Let's go. Let's take your leadership to your leadership and your involvement to the next level. And also the next thing, and, and, and this is the next thing we want to talk about. So you, you're being intentional, but you can't do it by yourself. You don't have all eyes. You're not God. You're not everywhere at the same time. Where am I going with this? You as leadership need to empower your leaders to scout. Empower them to scout. You don't have to be the only one identifying talent. Whoever your leadership team, your executive team, your board of directors, whatever team model that you have, empower those leaders to do the scouting. And however you want to review the names, however you want to go over the details of each potential leader, you do that, but give them the ability. I started a, a student leadership team while I was youth pastoring. So it was all students, about 25 to 30 student leaders at, at its peak. And one of the things that I personally created the letters and I invited them. But over the years, I had this for about four or five years. Over the years, I started to let my team members make the selection. What does that look like? I gave them the power. I empower them even so much that if they were adamant about a student and I, I didn't see it, I didn't see the potential. I gave them that leeway. Why? Because it's not as always about me. It's not a, always about you being the, 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 the guy that says yes and no. You have to learn that certain situations you can let your team in and make those calls. Now, whether it turned out well or bad, that's up for debate and only time will tell, but let your team make the call. Give them that latitude and that's what I did. So they selected a group of students that I was not, not necessarily agreed with them being a part of the leadership team, but I gave them that leeway and they respected me for it. And I think our relationship, and I know our relationship grew because we were able to communicate. We were able to instill trust in each other and we was able to empower. So that's what it's all about too, empowering those next generation of leaders so that you could go. And now I have to give you some bad news. You ready for the bad news? <laughs> you will draft a bad pick. Yep, you will draft a bad pick. What do I mean? Sometimes when you are identifying talent, you will get it wrong. You will get it wrong. There's so many times, so many opportunities to get things wrong, but we cannot allow that to stop us from making this election. As an NBA scout, your job is to go out there and find the, the best candidate the next Michael Jordan, the next LeBron James, whoever your favorite basketball player, that's what you're trying to find when you identify talent. Who does not want the best 
up and coming talent, the most dedicated, the most athleticist, um, who had the most athleticism, to who's 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 all the it factors that we talked about. They have all eleven traits. You definitely want them. That's what is our job as leaders. We want the best of the best. But sometimes you're gonna make a bad pick. Greg Olson, we all. You may not even know his name, but Greg Olson at one point in time was the number one draft pick. But due to injuries and injuries, he never materialized to what the potential was for him. To this day, many people, if you're not a basketball fanatic, you've probably never heard of that name. But he went number one overall, and he is a forgotten person. Now the person, the team who drafted him and the scout who drafted him, they had a decision. Are they going to keep scouting? Of course they have. They have a business to run. You have a business to run. Do not allow a bad pick to deter you from the mindset of growing your team from within. It will happen. You cannot control everything. You cannot control the decisions of those that serve with you. You cannot. It's impossible. So I want to encourage you that just keep picking, keep selecting, Put something in place so that it, you will be held accountable to the standard that you want, but you have to keep going. You have to keep going. So this is a little excerpt from what identifying the talent actually looks like. Again, just want to remind you, be intentional. Be intentional. Um, don't assume they will volunteer to lead. Uh, empower your leaders to scout. It's easier to lead a community with a committee than a community by yourself. And you will draft a bad pick. One of the critical things to understand when identifying talent is that you will get it wrong sometimes. We all get it wrong. So don't feel bad about it. So remember, as you continue on your journey to identify talents, remember this quote, remember this quote. Your diamonds are not in far distant mountains or in yonder seas. They are in your own backyard, if you but dig for them. Russell Conwell. I hope that today's session was helpful and beneficial. Hope it added value. Again, just wanted to do an excerpt of my book, Who's in Your Backyard? How to Identify and Build Multi-Generational Teams from Within. This is a must-read for all the leaders, the pastors, executive, if you want to continue to grow your team from within, if you want to be able to develop the leaders around you, you have to learn how to identify them. So stay connected with me, clintonkpowell.com. Purchase your book there or on Amazon and Clinton K. Powell, all social media. That's Twitter, that's IG, that's Facebook. It's been great. Make sure you stay tuned for the next episode. I love you. I appreciate you. Until next time, holla. Well, I hope today's episode was both helpful and impactful. If you like what you heard and believe it added value to you, please take a moment to subscribe and share with your colleagues, friends, and family. You can also connect with me at clintonkpowell.com and find additional resources as well. Tune in to our next episode as we ignite your purpose, empower your vision, and transform your life. See you next time.